Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Hello everybody and welcome to the Triple Jump podcast. It's a video game podcast. My name is Ben. And my name is Peter. Hello Pete. Hello Ben. It's Saturday at the time of release. Yeah. How are you feeling after, whoa, what a busy week. Oh, I'm aching. I'm, oh, I'm so, my back's sore. That's my, that's literally my association with post-convention. <laughs> my back is sore. I just, I always ache so much by the end of each d- day while we're at the show and then the day after we leave is just the worst i just need i just want to stay in a bath all day while yeah. i prune up like a big pruney white prune boy you're gonna be a real prune boy yeah fresh freshly plucked yeah and then dipped in white chocolate even mm. even whiter i always get um i get sore ankles like my my lower legs i used to get it when i worked retail as well mm. when you first work a shift back after either going on holiday or like going back to university or something and then you have your yeah. first shift back standing up all day and you just get this dull aching pain all the way in your lower legs all on the balls of your feet oh, right in your right in your balls I tend to get it down there i get it like lower back and and very top of my spine as well like just under you know the little bumpy spiny neck bony bit yeah the neck bony bit the yeah. neck bony that's bit. what it's called top of the spine oh bad yeah but yeah, I'm sure we enjoyed it other than that. Yeah, I bet. And I'm sure we met some of you as well, mm. listening slash watching at home. Uh, we haven't uh, we haven't had a chance to record a podcast since we came back, obviously, because we were there until Friday. So this is being recorded super early, which I suppose means if there's anything catastrophic that happens this week, we won't be able to talk about it until next week. No, this is being recorded before EGX. So I hope this ages well. Uh, what can we say? What's something that will age well in a week? What's, no, let's predict. Mm-hmm. Let's predict the big story. The that's big story that's going to break. Few days. Okay. Oh my god! I can't believe that uh, they yeah. did a trailer for Spider-Man Two, and he yeah. took his mask off. And actually, all the time, even though you do actually see him without his mask on in that game, he was actually uh, uh, Carl, Carl God of War from the game God of War. Carl God of War? Yeah. Spelt with a K. Of course. Carl, Carl God of War. Carl God of War. And those two games are actually the same. They're set in the same universe. That is that is blowing my my brain out of my God, skull. I can't believe they announced that. I personally, I thought it was very brave when they had a Nintendo Direct from Syria. Yeah. And they showed off the new, um, the new Wii. And it's just called the new Wii. 
Mm. And it's just it's just the old Wii, but you can buy it in Syria. Okay. And that's what it's called. And it was it was about an hour and a half of Mario uh sort of dodging you know, gunfire. Oh my god. And it was it was really provocative, but it really brought attention to the situation in Syria and how we could all be doing more, you know. Mm. Uh more to help. So that was that was super cool. And I'm sure I'm sure that'll happen as well. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, right? Um talking of Syria, do we have a sponsor today, Ben? Yes, we have a serious sponsor. A really serious sponsor. Serious sponsor. Today we're sponsored by the Avengers. Yeah. Uh the new video game, not the you know, old not the not the not that TV show from not the that 80s. TV show, yeah, which is why they had to call it Avengers Assemble in the UK. Yeah. Because legally they couldn't call it the Avengers for that reason. Because there was really going to be a lot of confusion. There were going to be really loads of disappointed people turning up to the oh, cinema what? going, hang on a minute. I wanted a, a crap. Was it like a weird spy drama? Is I that think what it was the a bit was? sort of A team. I don't really uh, know. I bet they It were. was something between like was Charlie's Angels and the and uh, the A team. Sounds great. That's what the A stands for, the Avengers team. We're brought to you today by uh, Toby Toby Stark. Um, Toby Storks. Toby Storks. We've got uh, Bruce Jenner. Um, yeah. uh, Black Willow. Black Willow, also known as Tamasha Romanoof. Right. A Romanoof. We've got, who else is on the team? Peter Peter's porker. Peter's Peter's pork. Peter and his porker, mm. which is just a man and his pig. Uh, yeah. You've also got um, Steve uh, St- Steve Bodgers, right? And of course, four Thraw. 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 Oh, it says four on mine, but maybe I got the wrong. Does yeah. yours say? Th- what does yours say? I know it says it says Thor, but it's spelled T H A W. Oh, as in warm up in the spring. That makes sense. Mm. And they're all going to come together. And have a big fight, and they're going to save. I think San Francisco. I think is what they're going to save. Yeah, Revengers assemble. Yeah, Re- Revengers disassemble because, of course, they they blow up everywhere that they go. Right, and it's a huge problem. And then it's implied that uh, Stalif Bodgers um, might die. Right, uh, Captain North America. Yeah, um, and you know, Toby Toby Stark is. He's really sad about it, and there's going to be... They need some help to come in. They need external help. They do. They need, like... Uh, the Z-Men. R- Rocky Raccoon. They need Rocky Raccoon. They need the Z-Men. They need the... Um, <clears throat> they need the protectors of the, the universe. That big tree, Root. Yeah, Root. 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 And, of course, uh, Tax, the deductible. Yeah. Uh, is the big guy with the knives. Um, mm-hmm. You've got... Uh, or who else? You've got Space Wizard... Yeah, and uh, gonorrhea. I sure hope that Stavros doesn't come and 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 do do his finger guns. Do his finger guns to make the world. As disappear. we all know, the finger guns are real. Stavros, Stavros. The, and the uh, the the endless glove. Yeah, uh, excellent. Well, I think that's uh, that's gone on long enough because it was a lie, a big lie. You idiots! I can't believe you. F- that was a really obvious one. Yeah, I can't believe you all fell for that at home. You should have guessed when we said. Uh, Glove, yeah, the glove. It's it's the it's the forever gauntlet. It's the forever gauntlet, you morons. Um, that that bit felt like it went on forever. It did. Uh, We're actually brought to you by our wonderful patrons over at patreon.com forward slash team triple jump. They uh, they support us directly with their actual money. And if you support at any tier, that's even one (laughs) dollar, you can submit questions to the show. In fact, all the questions this week, as 
is the case every week, mm. come from our patrons, patreon.com forward slash team triple jump. Thank you very much, everybody. We've got a question here. This is a video game. This is this is a video game podcast. Yeah. It is. Is it? No, it is. It is. I know we've talked about Syria and the revenge and the what, what did we call the them? Revengers? The assemble. Revengers, yeah. yeah. Disassemble. Disassemble. Well, should we read the first question and see if this if this turns out to be a video game related question? Mm-hmm. I think that proves your hypothesis. It's from a Olympic gold medalist, Victoria Pendleton. Victoria Pen- Pennington. Pennington. Yeah. Victoria Pennington. So. What do, what does Victoria say? Morning or afternoon, boy. Morning. It's morning. It's always morning when we film a podcast. Always, always morning. Assuming a game runs correctly. It's video game related. Oh, that's good. Mm. Are there any factors that would make a game unplayable to you along the lines of soundtrack, visuals, acting, or writing? Let's pretend this is a world where you couldn't just turn the sound down. Hope you will enjoy at time of recording slash have enjoyed at time of release. EGX. Oh. All the love, much best and thanks. <laughs> it says. Thank you, Victoria. That sounds like a... Sounds like a T-shirt from China that you get. Yeah, it does. Much best and thanks. Much best and thanks. Uh, with someone sort of doing the praise hands emoji. Much best and thanks. We're doing it on the video. You can't. If you're listening, you're missing out. Yeah, you're missing out. Um, Peter. Yeah. What What does it take for a game to just not be for you? What is it? Well, I would say this mostly depends on what the game is supposed to be in the first place, right? Mm -hmm. So if it's just like a simple little mini game, um, it's like a mobile game or something like that, I don't really mind what the sound effects are like or what the music is like or even to an extent what the visuals are like. Mm. But something that often makes mobile games unplayable for me is if they're those stupid, like, they're not that stupid if you like them. but Idiotic. They're like the super hardcore ones that are deliberately supposed to just be impossible. You know, like right. Super Hexagon or whatever it's called. I think that's actually a Steam game. It might also oh, be on yeah, mobile. Oh, yeah, I think we played that, haven't we? You just sort of spin. There's like a hexagon closing in on you, and you have to just... All you do is rotate around the center point yes. as all these walls come in towards the middle mm-hmm. and dodge around. But the whole point is that it's like really, really difficult. And for me, that's not normally what I want to play like a simple either mobile game or, you know, a basic indie game on Steam for. Mm-hmm. So in that respect, you know, that's what makes those games unplayable. But then like on the flip side, a game where, you know, there's a proper narrative, maybe it's like a third person or third first person, uh, you know, single player story campaign thing like that definitely comes down to I think for me, voice acting is a pretty heavy, heavy like factor. Um, then just take a look at this. Yeah. I mean, if we're being, if me and you are playing a silly game on stream, I can totally get get through it. Cause, mm. you know, the whole point, part of the point is that we're, we're just taking the mick out of Man of Medan, for example. Yes. But, uh, you know, if I'm just sitting at home trying to enjoy an actual narrative experience, and they are so cinematic nowadays as well, like... I kind of feel like if this was a movie, I would not be sitting here watching this because it's so bad, you know? Mm. So I think I do take umbrage when there's really bad voice acting. And I also take umbrage when you're playing a pretty deep, like, rich RPG, for example, and the main player character doesn't speak. You know, it's one thing if they have text boxes and just no actual audible voice acting. Mm. But I really, really, really can't get behind Dragon's Dogma anymore because okay. the protagonist doesn't say a word. And I think there's a kind of in-universe reason, but 
it's just it just comes across as lazy. It's like they couldn't be bothered. You know, I really like that game for all its mechanics and stuff. You can like clamber onto giant monsters in a kind of Shadow of the Colossus style. But then every time you go into a cutscene that's like further developing the story, your guy is just standing there like a big dumb idiot, literally a dumb, <laughs> a dumb idiot. Not that dumb people are idiots. No, he's but he is dumb. But he's dumb and in an the idiot. medical sense. Yeah, he's dumb. No, I totally get that. I think that's weird too. That was a huge problem I had with Metro Exodus mm-hmm. at the start of the year. Oh yeah, was that the protagonist does not speak apart from he speaks in loading screens. Yeah. But he doesn't say a word any other time. And people react to you as if you're speaking, which is just so weird. And Mm -hmm. it takes you right out of the experience. It's a design choice that makes no sense at all. Right. I think some games like Persona 5, for example, they get away with it because your character doesn't speak. He says things occasionally in battle, like certain words. Mm. Um, But you do get to pick dialogue options a lot of the time yeah and then people react to that so there's you know that that is a that is a design choice there mm. they didn't want to have a voice actor because they wanted your voice to be in your head you yeah know, for for you metro exodus though that made no sense no I, mean, I think it's stupid when games do that it's it's weird it's it's almost you can't do it right either with when you choose to just have a person who's not speaking it's weird to have people responding to you as though you did. Mm. But it's also really weird when you're this like super famous hero who's walking around. People say stuff to you. They look at you and then they go, ah, the quiet type, huh? Yes. Well, here's what you need. And then yeah. they just send you on your way. It's, oh, it's so strange. Yeah, the quiet type. It's, mm. that's, that's dumb. Uh, so for me, in terms of a game being unplayable to me, I've gone more the route of not what makes a game bad so bad i don't want to touch it it's right. what ga- makes a game just just sort of literally unplayable like something i just don't i just don't want to play mm-hmm. red dead redemption 2 as we've spoken about yeah. before is one of those and i do actually have this problem with almost every rockstar game i've ever played yeah me too i really struggled to finish gta 5 for example um just because it's too big yeah there's just too much. There's too many distractions. And I'm not saying that that's a bad thing. I'm just saying for me personally, Red Dead Redemption specifically, especially as there was, you know, there's no taxis. There's no, uh, I'm sure there might actually be cheats, there's, actually. There's but, probably little coaches you can ride. Yeah, possibly. Anyway. You can't get in on like a super bike or get yeah. a helicopter or drive places and stuff. You literally got your horse. It's it's really slow. Mm-hmm. It takes ages to get around. There's the 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 hints that tell you that sort of introduce you to the game and tell you how things work. They're so small and they're up in a tiny corner of the screen and then they're gone. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't. I just it's just too much. It's too much. I don't know where to start. Ah, you and go it, back to your camp and you have to walk around agonizingly slowly and you're not sure. Help with the chores. I don't know how. There's nothing on my map. I don't know what to do. And I don't know if they actually do this in the second one because I also was just too overwhelmed to even want to try it. But uh, certainly in the first one, when you like go to a, a boss, as they're called in GTA games, you pick up a, a mission and I, you then set off and you're just on your horse for like two and a half minutes just shouting at them having a conversation like <laughs> yeah I'll go want to nail this guy yeah we'll get him yeah well you know and most of it's not even relevant to the story it just sort of ends up being philosophical like mm. what do you think of poor people <laughs> well I think that they should get on with making their own fortune and we shouldn't help them 
that seems like a pretty ignorant viewpoint. Yeah, well, it's my viewpoint. And that, you know, <laughs> what? <laughs> Hello? I don't. Just I don't get know. Me there. They've got to. They've got to fill time because yeah. they know that you've you're on a horse and it takes a while to get around. And people love that game, mm. and that's fine. It is. But uh, it's too much. It was too much for me. Um, similarly, no sense of purpose slash completely overwhelming in terms of here's a million things. Mm-hmm. Assassin's Creed right. with all the map markers. Uh, Rage 2 this year was just so, it was just crap. It was just immediately you released into this open world. And it was like, I don't know what to do. I can't, I can't be asked. I used to like Far Cry. Mm. Now it's just... We talk about it a lot. It goes through the Ubisoft the open Ubisoft world machine, factory. Yeah. And they're all just the same games with different skins, pretty yeah. much. And sort of rubbish stories on on top. Um, I tried to play Monster Hunter World. Mm. And that's a game that I would love to love. Yeah. But it's just there's just so much to it. Mm-hmm. You have to learn so much. And I, m- my time is too valuable in that I just can't be asked. Yeah. So in that sense, rather than you took the approach of what makes a game so bad that you don't want to play it, yeah. that's my view on games that are good but are unplayable to me because I just can't be asked with them. In that context, I completely agree with that. That would have been my answer if that's how I'd interpreted the question. Yeah, like I even am still yet, and I think I will, I'm really warm into the idea, but I'm still yet to play The Witcher for more than half an hour. Right. Because it just seems like, oh my God, like (laughs) this world is too rich. Like you walk into a town and everyone is doing stuff. Yeah. And it's like, oh, please no. Like it seems like a really good game and I, I think I will play it soon, but... God. You should. You should. Yeah, I've got a copy. It's just I've never really got through it. Found the time yeah. to really go at it. Yeah, I think certain games, they, they're they their own worst enemy in mm. terms of introducing you to the game. Uh, the Witcher 3, I don't remember having a particularly tough time getting into because I find that oh, any game, once you've played it, I, in my opinion, once you've played it for two hours, you should know exactly what the game is about. Yeah. You should know how it works. You go into a town where everyone's doing stuff in The Witcher, and then you can go into any town in The Witcher and know exactly what you're looking for in terms of map markers and quest icons and the usual layout of stuff and how it works. But the game's got to do a good job of introducing that to you first. And some games are phenomenal, but they do a really bad job at at sort of easing you in. So only players who are will stubbornly stick at it or who just subjectively really like the game mm. are, are going to experience it but they you know they turn I'd love to love Red Dead 2 yeah. I really wanted to like it but it just was too much I think that was my issue with The Witcher 3 is that my first session with it I think I did have only like 30 minutes or 45 minutes and then I had to like stop for some reason I had to like go out or mm. you know and that wasn't quite enough like all, all I could think of then when I would, you know, came back or the next day when I was free in the evening was, oh, I could put The Witcher back on, continue that. And I was like, <laughs> oh, there seemed like a lot to do when I turned it off. And then, yeah. you know, I almost felt like I was sitting down and looking at my chore list, you know. Right. Um, but if I just probably got over a bit of a threshold, it probably would have, you know, properly grabbed me by there. the... The gonads. The, yes, that's it. That's what it the would grab you by. Thank you very much, Victoria, for that mm. question. It's now time to move on to a section. It's groundbreaking. You've never heard it before. It's called What We Play In. Oh. Peter. What you play in. Uh, okay. Uh, Borderlands 3. Oh, yeah. Vaughn 
is the best character in that game. He's Vaughan. from Tales from the Borderlands, Vaughn. Yeah. And he was sort of a... He started off not as a weak character, but as a lesser character, and then sort of grew in popularity and, you know, in significance as, the, as it went on. Mm-hmm. And he's just... I think there's so much of what makes Borderlands great is down to the voice acting. Right. Handsome Jack's voice actor made that role his own. Yeah. And that's why he's so iconic. And they've tried to do that again in this game with various people. And I'm not saying the voice acting is bad, but there are certainly characters who it's just like some of the stuff they say is just not delivered convincingly enough to make you believe that that character is ridiculous. Whereas the stuff that Vaughn comes out with, he's an ex-Hyperion, the corporation. He's Mm -hmm. an ex-Hyperion accountant. And when he ends up on Pandora during the events of Tales from the Borderlands, he adopts the bandit lifestyle, and now he's a bandit war chief. Mm-hmm. But he's just so over the top. Like, he's he's a small man who runs around in his underpants, wears a cape, and he's got he's always talking about how sculpted his body is because he's always doing push-ups and stuff like that. Right. And he's just, the stuff he comes out with, it just, it always makes me laugh. It's just, I'm trying to think of an example to give, but with no context, it wouldn't work. But no. for, there needs to be more Vaughn in this game, for sure. There was, Vaughn is at the very start of the game, and now I'm nearing the end. He started to come back into it again when you go back to Pandora. Right. But I was really sad that he wasn't on the ship as a constant fixture. Mm. Because he's so good, and it makes me so mad because I've had to put up with... Characters who are just not as good right. for the for the whole game, who do not have the same impact. And I think uh, Gearbox maybe overestimated the popularity of some of their more established characters yeah. and sort of lent on them quite heavily. It's easily done, though, isn't it? It is, for sure. But Vaughn, and, and in particular his voice actor, are... It's just so good. He's so good. Everything mm-hmm. he comes out with, and and I want to see more Vaughn in that game. If that when the DLCs come out, I want there to be a DLC that's just about Vaughn. It's a bit like Rick and Morty. You know, they the producers of that thought they'd identified. Oh, this is this is what people love. Mm. This is how we should do it, and they then deliberately tried to start predict like you know preempting the memes. Pickle yeah. Rick. Yes, I'm gonna go right there. But that's not really what it was about. No. I, I don't think, you know. There's some really subtle characters and, like, episode uh, ideas that are actually... That's what makes that show what it was. Certainly what used to make that show great. You know, I'll I'll be intrigued to see what it's like when season four comes out yeah. or whatever it is. Abradolf Linkler. Yes. He might make a return. He might. to say. Yeah. Pickle Rick might never show... If please. they don't make a joke about how awful Pickle Rick oh is God, at some please. point, then they've they've completely missed the yeah missed the point there but yeah Vaughn Borderlands 3 outstanding mm-hmm. huge huge fan uh, obviously we'll have both played a few things at EGX this yes. week and there'll be some videos hopefully some of them will have gone out already um and I don't want to talk about specifically what we're going to try and play just because we yes, might we not don't. be able to yeah. but um yeah, so there'll, there'll be stuff outside of what we're talking about now that we've played this week, but we're recording early. Peter, what have you played? Uh, we finished on Thursday uh, Detroit Become Human. Detroit, yes. Detroit. Um, and because it's only been like a few days since we recorded our last podcast, that's pretty much all. I actually played a little bit more trying, but I've now properly put mm. that away because I only want to enjoy the rest of it as a as a threesome, as it sure. were. Sure. Uh, but yeah, we, we finished Detroit. Wow, that game, man. It's pretty, like, I don't know, it's pretty heavy, isn't it? 
some some stuff happens in it. It sure does. It's David Cage's best game. Yeah, I mean, Absolutely. I really enjoyed it, and I'm not normally a, a David Quage fan. David, David, David Quage. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like, I almost not quite, but I almost want to go back now and start like doing different branches mm. and like because people were saying in the chat like oh this is what happened to me these people live these people died and i was like man this you know i mean i, I know that's how these things work but like you know mm. you can really end up with some pretty different endings like you know, relatively yeah. speaking so just, i really enjoyed it it was yeah. really good we had largely a very different experience to to, to what I had mm-hmm. compared to what I had when uh, when I played it through last year, yeah. But of course, we were playing as a as a psychopath, yes. and just picking all the all the very very wrong options. So that full playthrough is now available on the channel if you want to go and watch it. YouTube.com forward slash Team Triple Jump. We've got the full streams uploaded, and uh, you can see us completely ruin these poor robot people's lives. Robots' lives, yeah. Robots' lives. Robots' lives. You played anything else? Uh, yeah, other than trying, which, you know, still enjoying, but uh, I kind of don't want to say too much about it because we've got to play it together yeah. you know, at some, some point. And, you know, I want to keep it all, keep it all ready, ready, like a, like a, yeah. like a delicious, like a, yeah, like a, yeah. like a Christmas pudding, like a delicious Christmas pudding. I don't want to set the Christmas pudding on fire before no. you're in the room. Christmas pudding is a, is a garbage dessert it is isn't it it's gross the only good thing about it is that you set it on fire which is cool which is cool and then there's and you then might there's get some money, money in it, it. <laughs> yeah except we stopped putting money in ours uh at in our family um yeah about 10 years ago yeah because uh my brother had braces and uh he bit like oh into a, god like a 10p piece or a 50p or something and 50 I hope it's not a 50p it was it might have been a 50p no I think it's 20p okay silver good. coin isn't it I think you put in a some kind of crappy silver coin yeah there, that you play parlor games with I think he broke a one of the wires on Jesus his I think not that anyone has braces anymore we could start putting money back in but we yeah don't. yeah but money no one eats it money's valuable you can't be put it's brexit soon you can't be putting no, money in right. Christmas puddings There's Any, only two people in the family who want it anyway it's <laughs> well that's the thing right it's it's October we shouldn't really be talking about Christmas yet because it's illegal we could be arrested we could actually yeah but i believe i strongly believe that christmas pudding much like religion will probably die out with our <laughs> with our parents or Brussels grandparents as well maybe yeah who, who are they for because it's christmas who are they like, what for? do you mean you don't have to just because it's christmas you don't have to eat the thing that you stop don't like. it stop it give it up stop it anyway yes uh okay well it's time to move on to another question this is from rexy adar merry christmas everyone you have a crappy christmas yeah, yeah that's what we think so, so much. Didn't mean to start reading that like that. Like I was about to start some sort of like, uh, country song. Oh, I thought you were. So I thought you were accusing Rexy of being some sort of nerdy. And it's so much no, you no, no. not at all, Rexy. Sorry, no. I just started reading it weird, and then I had to commit to it, yeah. and then and then pull out, and now we're having this weird conversation we about are. it. Thanks, thanks. No, let's try this again. Okay, <clears throat> it's from Rexy Adar. Mm. There's so much negativity in the world today and a lot around our beloved video games. But what do you think is the best and the most positive things about the gaming world? Anyway, thank you for the amazing content and for making me laugh through a difficult time. Love you, boys. Hope you're doing okay, Rexy. You're welcome, Rexy. Yeah, get get happy better soon, one or the other. That's how it works. Or both. Yeah, get happy better soon. Uh, that's a nice question. Mm. I think there's some good things that come out of video gaming. I don't. Oh. I think it's all bad. Right, well. Unless it's good. Move on to weird news then. Yeah. 
No, that's not. No, okay. Uh, charity. That's one thing that gamers are pretty good at. Yes. Not necessarily. I have to see the statistics to see whether they're significantly better than other people at it. Of but they're certainly good at doing that charity stuff. Yeah. Uh, you know, we uh, have done some... We did a Jingle Jam slot on the Yogg's cast last year. Yeah. I'd like to think we might do one this year. Completely unconfirmed, so don't take that as anything. But, uh, you know, they always raise milli- actual millions of actual dollars. Actual millions. Every year. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've saved all the whales. They have they've saved, saved all, of all of the bees. They've ended polio for whales they've and bees. They've ended polio in Wales, yeah. the country. Mm. Um, and and bees. Yeah. Bees too. They have done that. Uh, and then you've got your your games done quicks. Mm-hmm. That happens like there's the two big events every year. But now they're doing all sorts of like little. If you subscribe to their channel, uh, I don't know if I'm subscribed actually, but I check it regularly. Yeah, and they they you're do, part like, of the problem. I am. That's why we don't have many subscribers is because people keep watching our well, stuff and not bothering to subscribe. To GDQ like during GDQ, <laughs> like the number of really long videos that would just be constantly in your sub. That's true. But uh, they've got. They do like sometimes upload like you know a series of like five or six videos where they got some people together for a little little quick sesh mm. of certain games. So they're constantly like raising money for charity. And yeah. again, they they must raise millions of dollars. I'm sure they've got to. Yeah, so that's good. Charity. That's one thing. Yeah. So similarly, I would say communities. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of community. I mean, our community has always been oh, yeah. phenomenal. You know, there's there's the world is burning. And it has been burning since it started turning. Yeah, that that's that song by uh, William Joel. I dabbed. Um, but it's true, though. If you look too far outside of your own... Arse. Outside of what you... Can, <laughs> yes. Outside of what you can control, it's so easy to be overcome with existential despair and dread. Because yeah. the the world's an absolute horror show, but it's always been a horror show. It's just that we're more acutely aware of it than ever before mm. because of technology. But technology can oh also God. can also be a good thing. Yeah. It's specifically video games. So even within the world of video games, yes, you look at your eight chans, you look at your your THQ Nordics, and you think God, what else are they going to buy? Mm-hmm. And what other questionable uh, message board are they going to do a Q&A on? And you can think, God, what's the point in games? They make me sad. Yeah. Why can't people be nice to each other? But if you just find the right place, you know, and you can you can settle in with, with like-minded, lovely people, as we are fortunate enough to have done, mm-hmm. then then that's that's a good thing. You can you can only control so much in the world, yeah. And I think it's important not to 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 try and to try and be a, a force for good, but not to get too bogged down with with feeling overwhelmed by the amount of bad. No. Uh, so just 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 in just try and as I said, surround yourself with the with the good stuff if you can. And it doesn't mean that you have to bury your head in the sand, no, because that's not good. You should always be aware of what's going on, and as I said, be a force for good. Mm. But just just try to just try to ingratiate yourself in a in a community of loving nice people who share similar values and i think that's something that we try to foster and i think that that goes for communities that follow various streamers and content creators all over the world yeah some are a little bit more you know promote gambling to children than others but we don't do that here yet give us a call though 
Yeah, if you give want us to be a call, our first though. real sponsor. Give us give us a call though if you want us to promote gambling gambling to kids. We bet, are we bet are Fred Juniors. We are <laughs> Bet Freddies. Yeah. We are willing to to bend our morals Absolutely. a little bit. The other thing that's good in games mm. is that I would say on average games are getting better. Yeah. The games are getting better. They are. You will always have your favorites and some games will always be bad, but Every year, there's almost guaranteed to be a really, really good new game. True. And that's that's why we're here, isn't it? Let's all hold hands around the world and talk about Resident Evil 2 Remake. Yeah, let's do John Lennon stuff. Imagine all the Resident Eleanor Evil's. Rigby. Yeah, Eleanor Rigby. Lives in a church where she plays on her PlayStation 2. In an octopus's garden. I think video yeah. games teach you stuff as well. <laughs> Do you? You learn stuff from video I games. I know more about guns than I have ever well, wanted to know. Yeah. I mean, some stuff maybe you're not that particularly keen to learn about, and you just, it, you, you, it osmoses into your head. I learned a lot about armor as well, although I do have a question for you, and I know that you'll probably know the answer to this. Right. In, um, in, in, in Oblivion, yeah. you know the armor you can get for your, for your tum-tum? Yeah. How do you pronounce that? I think it's just sort of curious. Okay. Because I never, I've never heard it out loud. No, I don't. And I'm internally, not sure I was thinking, surely it, surely it can't be queer ass, can it? I don't think it's queer ass. You don't think that it's queer? I ass? don't think so. Okay. I, I might be wrong. Because Oblivion taught me what it was called, but it didn't. It did not taught me how to pronounce it. It did not taught you out loud how to say it. No, no. On the other hand, though, mm. some games did teach us stuff out loud. My go-to <laughs> example that I kind of can't get away... I was trying to think of another example, but I learned a little bit of Spanish from Resident Evil 4. In your life. In my life. Um, I, I've, I've never been taught a word of Spanish in an an academic institution. We didn't mm. learn it in our school. Well, you, you could, but I chose different languages. Uh, but I just, from playing that game, know that aquí means here. Right. Or that possibly there. Mm-hmm. Here, I think. Here. 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 Uh, del Lago means from the lake. Great. Los Ganados means uh, the cattle. Right. Yeah. Uh, what does Bocadillo mean? Bocadillo? Yeah. I don't know. What's that? I don't know. Oh. It, that's from my Spanish lessons. It might be sandwich. Oh, okay. It might be. I don't think anyone eats a sandwich. <laughs> Almost a Jill Bocadillo. <laughs> Bocadillo and patatas fritas. Yeah. Um, that's chips. Right. Patatas fritas. Yeah, yeah I, I think so. I, I, that sounds about right. Makes sense. But, you know, other stuff, you know, you learn, you just learn about, like, if, if a game is historical and it's, like, reasonably accurate, you mm. learn stuff about the way people lived or, you know, the, the names of kinds of carriage in Victorian England. Resquia Cat in Patch. Exactly. You know, all this kind of stuff. And sometimes I'm, like, doing, I'm playing, like, Trivial Pursuit with the family or something like that, or we're watching a, a quiz show. Which 17th century Italian yeah. town? <laughs> and I come out with an answer. <laughs> And like my mum will look at me and go, "How do you know that? It's Monteriggioni. How did you know what that? What are you talking about?" And I'm like, "Oh well, yeah. Sometimes these video games teach us things, mum." What was just... the currency of 17th century Monteriggioni? Florins, isn't it? It's Florins, Florins, Florins. Um, <laughs> to the point that even gamers have skills that are like particularly special. 
special. Do you remember that very specific example that people quite often pull out of of the bag, which is that um, a lot of biologists hired gamers to do protein folding. Are you aware of this? Is it this isn't folding at home, is it? It might be. So what? Uh, yeah. Basically, there's there are these like. Uh, they're essentially 3D puzzles. Oh, okay. Uh, they're they're no. to do with like the way that proteins are folded in real life in biology, mm. like biochemistry, and like biologists like are trying to like they sort of try and like work out how the structures work or like how to fold them or unfold them or something like that. And I think they created a game where they uploaded loads and loads of these proteins, and then gamers were just tasked with like. Unfold this. This is what unfolding means. Do it on this. It's like undoing a knot. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. And uh, gamers were like able to do these tasks that like biologists and presumably computers were struggling with. I guess it mm. requires a bit of creativity and computers weren't very good at doing it. Special gamer brains. Yeah. That's and uh, like literally just a bunch of gamers like helped out with this this aspect mm. of biology. That's pretty cool. You know, that does actually... It's it's different from what I was thinking of, but that's another force for good. That back on the back on the PlayStation Three, mm. in the early days, there was a free app added. Um, I can't remember if you had to download it or if it was just on the PS Three as standard. But it was called Folding at Home. Okay. And what it would do is it would. I'm going to look it up exactly so I can get it right. Okay. Um, but basically, you would just if your PS uh, if your PlayStation Three had some downtime and you weren't using it, you could just leave Folding at Home open. And uh, it would use the power of the PlayStation 3, which was significant, yeah. to solve various things, which I'm now looking up. Oh, hmm. Maybe that might be... Maybe I'm conflating the two. But I, I had it in my head that it was, like, the sort of the skill of the gamer. They were able to, like, almost solve these biological puzzles. But that also rings a bell. Here we that go. They just used the power of the PlayStation as like computing power, didn't they? So Folding at Home is a distributed computing project for disease research that simulates protein folding, computational drug design, and other types of molecular, molecular dynamics. The project uses the idle processing resources of thousands of personal computers owned by volunteers who have installed the software on their systems. Its main purpose is to determine the mechanisms of protein folding, which is the process by which proteins reach their final three-dimensional structure, and to examine the causes of protein misfolding. This is of significant academic interest with major implications for medical research into Alzheimer's disease, Huntington's disease, and many forms of cancer, among other disease. To a lesser extent, folding at home also tries to predict a protein's final structure and determine how other molecules may interact with it, which has applications in drug design. There you go. That's probably what I was thinking of. But I'm sure I've read, maybe I read an inaccurate write-up of it somewhere, and then it, that, I just took it as gospel because it was on the internet. It's entirely possible. But, but either way, that's a good thing. Yeah, Those are is. good things. I might just check, like, how accurate... My theory is that gamers were actually somewhat involved in in doing something, but in any case, yes, you know, that's 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 cool. That's there are stuff. there are some forces for good, Rexy. I hope that helps. Yeah, um, you know, as as we've said, the world's bad. It is, but there are good things in it. You just have to have to try and focus on them over the bad. I'm not going on Twitter as much anymore. No, I know. I that. find yeah. I find not looking at the BBC news. Twitter feed and then and then why do I do it and then clicking and looking at the responses out of almost a morbid curiosity to see how awful humanity can be today right. and I'm always so disappointed and I don't do that anymore and that's a big step in it is a big in step. being happier on the internet 
just take take some time away from it sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, can confirm both of these things are true. Hey! Fold It is an online puzzle video game about protein folding, and essentially people who have the highest scoring solutions of like folding these proteins, uh, the, the solutions are analyzed by researchers who determine whether or not there is a native structural configuration in brackets, native state that can be applied to relevant proteins in the real world, ah. uh, whatever that means. But yeah, both of those things, your console and the player, are helping doing folds. Well, there we go. Mm. There's a there's a force for positivity, positivity, positivity in um, the world. We can all better ourselves by yeah. being gamers, po- being gamers, and coming together and holding hands around the world. World, and that's good, and it's not bad. Because it's good. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, now it's time for some news that's weird. But let's not judge it too harshly no. because it could just be different. And different is sometimes good. It's just misunderstood. A good is not bad. It's time for misunderstood news articles. Right. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Weird news time, Peter. Yes, Ben. It's weird me up right in that Ooh, head well, hole. Are you okay? Yes. I'm going to weird your head hole right now. I want something weird, like one of the weirdest things I've ever heard. Okay. Well, I, I mean, I can't guarantee that. Oh, um, um, but I got some strange news. Would that do? Yeah, okay. I'll, I'll take strange. Okay. There are now Sonic movie Halloween costumes and no one is ready. Oh, my God. This comes from Kotaku. By Joshua Rivera. Rivera. Riv. Rivera. Rivera. You ever spot a really bad idea and think, that's definitely going to have consequences that no one can foresee? To me, that's the Sonic the Hedgehog movie. Not because of its questionable design choices, uh, but because no matter how great Sonic's movie design is, Halloween was always coming. And when Halloween rolls around, so do horrifying costumes that barely resemble the things they are based on. Consider with me Party City's, Party City's children's Sonic costume. I think you mean Particity. You're right, I do mean that. 
Since it is, in fact, based on the film, which would have been out this year were it not for last-minute hedgehog makeovers, uh, we have a onesie adorned with a weird fur pattern and floppy hood spikes. It is good, perhaps, if you would like to dress up your progeny as Sonic the meme and not <laughs> Sonic the mascot. Right. Get it for your child and you will quickly become sorry for all the days they wear it that are not Halloween. Uh, so we can see this, but we've put a link in the description if you want to have a look. There he is. Yeah, I saw this earlier it's, uh, in the office chat. It's He's pretty good. Yeah. That is horrible. I thought that was a... I think it is Photoshopped. Yes. But it's... The less said here, the better. But there's a reason that after years and years of memes and goofballs in blue tights, most have taken to wearing Sonic hoods, not Sonic masks. You're caught in chaos, the way Nick Cage did when he said he'd like to take John Travolta's face off. I don't really... That's that's a reference to that thing that happened. None of us are ready for these to hit the streets, let alone the Sonic the Hedgehog film, which I now suspect has been delayed strictly to avoid association with any of this stuff. There's also... (laughs) Oh, yeah. Sorry, I missed the line there because it was between so many adverts. It says, and then there's this F-word nightmare. Yeah. Which is a, a sort of a synthetic... Rubbery. Plastic, rubbery Sonic mask, which is, as you said, definitely photoshopped over a man's face. I've been trying to decide what I'm going to wear to a Halloween party that I'm going to, and yeah. maybe I'll just do that. I think you should. <laughs> yeah. Awful. Awful. So there we go. If you want if you want that, it's available now to buy. Maybe we should buy one. Maybe we should. I think that'd be good. I think we should unbox it and wear it on camera. I but that'd make a good video. I bought the Sonic the Hedgehog movie Halloween costume. Right. And that's it. That's the title. And then we just make you run fast. Because it's for children, so yeah. you have to wear it. But then we just make you run fast. And eat hula hoops. Yes. I'm going to go back to... Okay, hang on. Let me... Uh... Remind me in half an hour to look up the price for the Sonic the Hedgehog movie Halloween costume. Okay. Okay. I'll remind you. There we go. I'll have a look. No promises that that will happen, but uh, it's there now. Weird me. This is this is just slightly weird. It kind of makes sense, but it's still weird. Okay. Physical copies of Overwatch on Switch don't include a cartridge. Okay. This is according to Polygon. Uh, the world could always use more dot 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 plastic. Plastic? Question mark. Uh, Michael McWhorter. Michael McWhorter. Michael McWhorter wrote this. If you're planning on picking up Overwatch for Nintendo Switch this week, it's out on Tuesday, October the 15th, by the way. Oh, yeah. Uh, you might want to grab your copy from the Nintendo eShop instead of trekking out to a brick-and-mortar retailer. Brick-and-morty is my brick favorite. Brick-and-morty, yes. The physical version of Overwatch for Switch doesn't contain a physical cartridge, just a download code. Right. So when I first read this headline and the subtitle that said, I just sort of, my eyes scanned over it and I saw the words, the world could use more plastic. And I kind of misinterpreted this and thought, oh, this is good. The reason they're not doing physical copies of Overwatch is because they're trying to like, you know, they think, why are we going to make loads of little SD cards and stuff when we could just give you a a code? Right. But no, what they're saying at Polygon is you're going out to literally just buy a plastic case with nothing in it. That's, That's stupid, isn't it? Which in today's climate of all... You know, why didn't they could have done this ages ago if they wanted to, but like the world is dying. What are you doing? It's especially weird because this has been 
This has been happening for some time with PC games. Yeah. It's always been ridiculed. Mm. It's never really happened with actual physical consoles before because that's, you know, it's different. Yeah. I remember the Fallout 76 special edition we got came with a download code mm. in a steel book. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, why? Why did you do that? I don't understand why. Because clearly to use a download code, you have to have an internet connection. Also to play Overwatch, you have to have yeah. an internet connection. Yeah. So there's no excuse for either have a physical copy, which, you know, there's some there's some kind of reason that some people might want to buy a physical, you know, have the disc or the cartridge in this what, case. What's that? What are you doing? I'm just touching an invisible cartridge. A oh, really big, well, I'm a small person. It's really, it's really off-putting. Uh, but... These people, by definition, these people. these people must have an internet connection. Therefore, they should, if, if they don't want to do cartridges, they should just only make it downloadable mm. online. There's yeah. no reason to do this. It doesn't make sense. Uh, in some ways, it makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> Overwatch is an online-only multiplayer game, and the game has been updated consistently over the past three years. The PlayStation 4 install is pushing 30 gigabytes at this point, for example. A physical cartridge will be little more than a digital key to the game, which regularly receives new content. Yeah, I agree with that, but then just don't sell the box. No, don't. Just sell the code. You used to be able to go into game... And probably with Xbox games as well, but certainly with certain PSN titles, they had them hanging on the same sort of uh, card racks as the actual voucher, you know, the voucher cards. Card things, yeah, the yeah. gift card thing. So you could just go in and buy it. They didn't sell it in a box. But it makes less sense to ship a plastic case. Fewer. A fewer sense to ship a plastic case to stores with a digital code printed on a piece of paper, despite Overwatch being a marquee Switch release that probably should have a physical presence in stores. So, if you were thinking about buying Overwatch physically for the purposes of having a game card you could use on multiple oh. Switch consoles, consider this a public service announcement. It says so right there on the box, quote, game card not included but plan your purchase accordingly. This is very clearly, it's it's purely a marketing move so they can have boxes on shelves so people will mm. know that it exists. But that is mind-bogglingly dumb, isn't it? It is. It's, I, can't, I can't see how anyone could justify that as a company. I get the idea of maybe... Just tone deaf. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be against... You know, if I, was, if I was a Switch fan, and not that I'm not a Switch fan, but if I was a Switch fan and an Overwatch fan and I could have a physical... Overwatch box on my shelf, even if it had nothing in it, that'd be quite nice. But it is immensely wasteful and totally pointless when there's no actual cartridge inside. Yeah, I don't think I could get. I couldn't. I couldn't get my head around just having an empty box on. Even no matter how much of a fan I was of of Overwatch or Switch, like you know, I'm obviously a, a Spyro One fan. But if if for some reason I lost my disc, I would want to replace my disc. Mm -hmm. um, and I, you know, I wouldn't want to buy a special case. Uh, if there was like a, some kind of special, unique, magical case from mm -hmm. back in the day that like uh, was different to the one I had, then then maybe so. But I wouldn't want to just purchase the game mm -hmm. and just receive an empty case because I would kind of think, well, that case doesn't mean anything because it didn't have the game in it in the first place. Right. You know, like to me, having the case on the wall is like. Oh, there's the box. There's the box that it arrived in. Yeah. That's, well, it's probably in there right now. It might know? be in there. Uh, but just to receive a box with nothing in, I kind of feel like I could have just printed off that box art and, you know, framed it or something. Although I think that's a bad example because I know what you're like with Spyro. Right. And you would buy anything with Spyro on it, but even if it was empty. No, I wouldn't, though. 
Oh, I don't know, Peter. I wouldn't buy... I think if you're in that situation, you saw that little I think purple a... dragon. <laughs> you saw that little purple dragon face. I think it's a bad example because I already own a, a box with a disc in, so it's hard mm. to say what I, I totally, would do. I totally get what you're saying. But with a new game coming out, like yeah. I would not I would not buy a Beyond Good and Evil 2 empty case. Mm-hmm. I absolutely would not do that. It's just weird. It's, it, it, doesn't make, it doesn't make a lick of sense. Yeah. Uh, you know, people... You can't really buy physical PC boxes anymore for for this reason yeah. because most of them would just have download codes in and that defeats the point it's a very transparent marketing tactic as i said so they can literally just have a box on a shelf that people can see mm-hmm. but then you should just it should just be like when you go to the when you go to the blockbuster you remember the blockbuster, the blockbuster. and you take the you take the empty case up to the till and and then they they put the they put the disc in and stuff but like you should just be given a receipt. Like when you when you go to Argos, yeah, right. Remember and I'm Argos? speaking from experience. Argos is still, yeah, around. still around. They're in Sainsbury's now, but they are there. Yeah. When I went to Argos, I got some PSN credit. Okay. And I took the physical. It wasn't a box, although it used to be a PlayStation Three box. Yeah. It used to take a PS Three box up. And when you ordered, when when you used to order PlayStation credit online or a PlayStation Plus subscription, sometimes Play.com would post you a box yeah. with a code in it. Sometimes you get that for uh, Xbox Gold, Xbox Live Gold, I think. Which is dumb. Mm. But now, even just the gift card, you take it up to the till, they scan it, they put it back on the shelf, and they yeah. print you out a receipt with a code in it. Mm. You don't need that stuff anymore. Yeah, that's what Overwatch should do. They should be like, hey, look, we really want like actual shelf presence in your store. Yeah. Um, but you know, we're not going to give you like 400 empty boxes. We're going to give you like 12 empty boxes to put on your shelf like all the other games are, are lined up. Mm. And then, yeah, please just like give people a card when they take it to the to the uh, the, the counter. That's no. how it should be. Absolutely. Anyway, that was a bit weird. That's super weird. We've got a question here from Ian Rogers. Uh, he's called Ian Rogers, actually. Three first names. He's um, Captain North America, Ian Rogers. Ian Rogers, yeah. I- Iron Man. Brother of Stabeven Bodgers. Right. Yeah. When playing a game through for the first time, which difficulty do you play it on? Do you go for easy and enjoy the ride? Do you go for the hardest difficulty for the challenge? Or do you go for normal like a chump? Whoa. It says here, apparently. Uh, A friend thought I was stupid for playing Uncharted 1 on the crushing difficulty on my first playthrough. But seeing all those trophies pop at the end gave me an intense tingly feeling. Um, um... Um, unless you were playing on the PS4 version, in which case it might be different. Crushing difficulty is actually only unlocked when you finish it on hard. Oh, yeah, I think you're right. So, um, 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 um actually, actually, um, um we're, just, we're just joking in. That is true, though, but we're, we're not really. It's because you called us chumps, because, yeah, normal, normal. right? <laughs> of course. Yeah. I have a couple of examples where I didn't, though. Okay. I played through Dark Souls on baby mode. There's no difficulty in Dark Souls. There's no oh. difficulty option in Dark Souls. All oh, right. There's, there's an article from the same guy at the same publication every time From Software releases a new game that's titled exactly the same that literally says, should such and such game have an easy difficulty. Right. And it's the same thing verbatim, and they only do it to get anger clicks. Right. Because people post about it like, oh, look how stupid this article is. He's done an identical story for Dark Souls 3 and Sekiro. Right. They're, they're so similar. They've got pretty much the same headline. And when someone sent it to me earlier in the year, saying, what do you make of this? 
I, I looked at it and I thought, this looks familiar. So I searched his name, and yeah, he wrote an identical one for Dark Souls 3 as well. Right. So it's so transparent. It's just, just hate-mongering. You know, that's yeah. something negative in the games industry. It for is. Sure. It's just it's stupid. Anyway, yeah, that doesn't have a difficulty mode. Batman Arkham City. Mm-hmm. I was really looking forward to that game. And I got a nice version with a Batman in it. Yeah. With like, no, like a physical, like a physical Batman. Oh my God. Yeah, it wasn't even like, they took the Batman out of the game. So yeah. there was no Batman in the game anymore. So I hope it was just an empty... Arkham. Yeah. It's just a floating camera that yeah. goes around Arkham. And then I got a plastic, I got Plastic Man instead. Um, I played that through on the hardest available difficulty right off the bat. Oh, did you? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I was, but I went all in for that game. I, there were various pre order skins and I really wanted the animated series one because I grew up with the animated yeah. series and I love the animated series. But I ended up getting the uh, Frank Miller, The Dark Knight Returns Batman, which is old Batman. Mm hmm. Older Batman, I should say. And so I actually went out and bought the comic, the graphic novel to read oh, so yeah. I could be aware of who this guy was properly. So I would, I did, you know, I was looking forward to this game. Like yeah. I was ready for it. Sounds like it. So I played it. I played it on the hardest available difficulty that actually stripped out the, uh, the prompts for reversing attacks and stuff. Oh. And I've got to say, I didn't really struggle with the game just because I learned from day one that this is how the game is played. Right. And I had a fantastic time. I really did feel like Batman. Yeah. Because I was able to tell when people were about to hit me. You had to keep your eye on... Yeah, rather than without just the prompt, Without prompt. The, the massive, ooh, my bat sense. Yeah. Whoops, my anarchy symbol. Whoops. So that was that was one, one time where I didn't do it on normal. Mm. Uh, the other time was... I played Wolfenstein 2 on normal and then slowly, progressively dropped through the difficulties just because that game is so unfairly hard. Yeah. It's so unbalanced, that game. Mm-hmm. Unbelievably so. Fantastic game, but it's so bloody difficult. Yeah. Uh, that, those, were two, those were two times where I didn't go normal, but normally, normally, normally. Normally normal. Yeah. Uh, I'm the same. I, it's not re- I don't know if it's really a thing nowadays, and I... I've been racking my brains for an example. We've had these questions uh, chosen for this podcast since yesterday evening. So I've had all night and all morning to think <laughs> of an example. And I'm sure this is a thing. And maybe you'll be able to think of one. Once upon a time, if you played games on easy mode, they would sometimes not have certain sort of features available. Time splitters. Is that what you were going to say? Yeah, maybe. Time splitters 2, that first level had an entire bit where there was like a spaceship you went on and stuff but right. if you played it on easy it didn't you didn't get that that's the sort of era i'm thinking of yeah, yeah maybe it was times no you're right i haven't thought of that for a long time so i got into the habit of always playing stuff on normal apart i mean i probably would have done anyway but like especially with that in mind you know in the kind of ps2 era thinking well i better not put it on easy like mm. even if i wanted to because i'll miss out on actual game content yeah it's so true since then even though i don't think that's any that's not really a thing anymore i always play on normal mm. um i'd never play on hard to begin with because for my first run of a game, I just wanna, I just wanna get through it. Like I just wanna yeah. enjoy it. Um, I then sometimes will, you know, go into hard for a challenge if I enjoyed a game that much and wanna play it again and really get into it. Yeah. Uh, but on the other hand, sometimes if I just wanna play a game through for more sort of story purposes, I'll actually just switch it down to easy, just so mm. I can run through and enjoy the narrative again. You know, my my recent replays of uh, the Uncharted games, I think I'm on normal. 
but I was very tempted just to stick it on easy just because I like those games for the the cinematic moments mm. and uh, you know the gunplay in the first couple of games is pretty pretty wank um, <laughs> so you know I, I was tempted to sort of make it a bit simpler yeah we stream on easy as well though don't we yeah, Usually, just because it's just, you know, you want to experience it, you want to show off the game, you don't want to be dying a lot. You don't want to keep looping things for an audience who aren't even playing with you. And you getting know? frustrated as well. Yeah. It takes it takes a lot to do that. You know, Dark Souls streamers and stuff put themselves through a lot. Yeah. And try not to get too mad. Exactly. Um, but yeah, that, that's what we would, that's what we normally do. Mm-hmm. That's what we normally do. I also actually, sometimes I do that on, um, on Skyrim and Oblivion. They don't have like specific settings. They've got a slider. Uh, for difficulty, have they? In the yeah, not when you start the game. I think when you start, it just goes in at normal. Mm. But if you pause the game and go on the gameplay options, you can slide the difficulty up and down. Oh. And occasionally, if I, it depends sort of what what kind of playthrough I'm doing. If I want to do it for the gameplay, yeah. And we all know that Skyrim has some fantastic swords combat. It is the best combat it's I've the ever best seen. Ever. So if you're playing through for the gameplay, as long as you're protected with your queer ass, of course. Yes. I I would leave it as it is, but if I'm just sort of doing a bit more of an RP kind of uh, kind of kind of run, that means rotten potato. Receive pr- pronunciation. Okay. Then sometimes I I knock the difficulty down a bit, so I can I can run around, I can just stab bandits. You know, if mm. I want to play as a bit more of a badass, uh, especially when you're sneaking around and like you you slash someone in the dark, you do three times damage, but because you're level two, they still don't die. Yeah. I kind of feel like if I snuck up behind someone, I don't care how skilled or unskilled I was with a sword, I would probably be able to kill them. Sounds like a prove it to me. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so sometimes I'll I'll knock that down almost for kind of realism purposes. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Well, I I certainly do, Ian, understand your intense tingly feeling for getting all those trophies at once. Mm-hmm. But I I wouldn't for the same reason I'd play through as you do with your first playthrough on normal just to experience and enjoy the game. I try not to look at the trophies anymore unless I'm specifically playing a game for trophies. I like to play through a game just at my own pace. And if I get towards the end, I might have a cursory Google just to see if there are any trophies that are locked out at certain points and try and be mindful to get those while I can. It's so if, you know, I don't have to do another playthrough if I, you know, if I, if I don't have to, Mm -hmm. um, uh, but otherwise, yes, getting all the trophies at once is nice. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Peter, yep, it's time for a huge disc. I mean, we're already running long. This is this is going to be, it's going to be a big discussion. It is gonna probably, be a big one. Uh, we got a lot of material to get through. So let's move on to a big discussion. Let's. Grand discussion time. Hello, uh, this is from Molly Mukdade. Yeah, and she's, she sent us a three-word question here. Yeah, so a small question for a big discussion. We've got. Four, four dots in the ellipsis here, which is not—it's not grammatically. It's not actually. It's three. Yeah. Three is three is there, but four. You know, style it out. We'll yeah, style it out. Do you want to do the? Do you want to do the ellipsis here? You ready? Yeah. So. Dot 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 dot. Blizzard. Comma. Huh? Question mark. Okay. So this is a very complicated situation. I would like to preface this, Peter, and I'm sure you're with me on this preface. by by saying that. Um, this is a very complicated political situation that's going on at the moment. Mm. I don't want the fact that we are probably going to avoid talking about the the volatile situation currently in Hong Kong to be misinterpreted as us 
being either apathetic towards it or not believing in the cause of the pro the the protesting Hong Kongers. Yes. Currently, but we just in the interest of relevance to a video game podcast, we're going to provide a quick summary according to the Guardian um, as to what is actually happening in Hong Kong before we move on to talk about how that is affecting Blizzard at the moment. Yeah, the video game related aspect. We're not yeah. here to talk about on our video game podcast the state of Hong, the political state of Hong Kong. No, and and I think. I speak for both of us when we say you you go girls and you boys. You go girls and boys absolutely. Go go do your thing 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 uh, triple jump stands with you. Without a doubt, but yeah. We're here for the video game aspect. Yes, we is. So this is going to involve a little bit of reading out loud. Mm. Uh, read aloud in front of the class just because, you know, I'd rather I'd rather quote directly from a source that before we give our opinions on things. Yeah. So this this is taken from a Guardian article that's literally titled, you know, what what are what what are the protests about? What the hell is going what on? What the hell is going on? Would you like to get this first bit? Yes, the protests were initially focused on a bill that would have made it possible to extradite people from Hong Kong to China, where the Communist Party controls the courts. Many Hong Kongers feared the law would be used by authorities to target political enemies, and it would signify the end of the one country, two systems policy, eroding the civil rights enjoyed by Hong Kong residents since the handover of sovereignty from the UK to China in 1997. Millions of people joined street marches against the bill, paralyzing the city. The protests have gone from weekly to almost daily. Are you taking this or next page? Shall I? uh, Yeah, I'll take this next bit. Here we go. Okay. Handing it back and forth. Yeah. The heavy-handed response from police, including violent clashes and the use of tear gas and rubber bullets against demonstrators and the blinding of a woman in one eye, prompted the movement to adopt wider pro-democracy goals. The extradition bill was suspended by the territory's chief executive, Carrie Lam, in mid-June, but protesters wanted officially withdrawn. In addition to demanding Lam's resignation, the protesters are calling for the complete withdrawal of the proposed extradition bill, the government to withdraw the use of the word riot in relation to protests, the unconditional release of arrested protesters and charges against them dropped, an an independent inquiry into police behavior and implementation of genuine universal suffrage. So... That is, in the, in the most basic of terms, mm. what and why happening is B2 doing in the Hong Kong. In the Hong Kong. We know that we have, uh, we have viewers slash listeners who are either based in Hong Kong or from Hong Kong. So we hope that you are well and safe. Safe. And, uh, and, and please. We hope it goes your way. Please keep it up if you, if you can and are safe to do so. Yes. Now, we move on to Kotaku. Because in the wake of the events of what is happening in Hong Kong currently, various, uh, specifically US-based companies, have been getting into hot water. Yes. Because they have vested financial interests in China. And so any any person that is perceived to speak for them, yeah. who speaks in favor of what's happening in China, has been basically punished by China. the company's been punished by China for that person's actions which has caused these US companies many of them including Blizzard and this includes the NBA as well I think to sort of backpedal and force an apology and it's it's been perceived as sort of bowing down to a totalitarian very nasty uh, government. Yeah, what they've really done is upset both sides because mm. you know they've they've either expressed things or had things expressed on their platform 
that are sort of pro Hong Kong and their their Chinese business affiliates have been upset by that. Uh, then said company, Blizzard, for example, have publicly sort of said, oh, no, we're not doing pro-Hong Kong stuff. Oh, that's bad. Down down with the Hong Kong protest. Hey, yay, China. So then they've upset their audience, who are mostly, I think, pro-Hong Kong and democratic. Mm. Uh, and then, because of the upset, they've done a lot of backpedaling, a lot of these companies, and now they've kind of upset China again, but not really won round their, their no. audience in the first place. We can be more specific with this Kotaku article. Yes. So let's talk about Blizzard. As we said, this is taken from Kotaku. Yes. Should we alternate paragraphs? Yeah, okay. That could be fun. Yeah. In, in as much as this can be fun. Right. Should I begin? Go for it. Multiple groups are in the process of organizing protests set to take place outside BlizzCon, the annual convention held by game developer Blizzard, in response to its suspension of a Hearthstone player for expressing support for Hong Kong during a live event. Take one look at the internet right now and it's pretty apparent that people aren't happy with Blizzard after it suspended Hearthstone Pro Blitzchung, I think that's how you say yeah. his username, and stripped him of his prize winnings at the Asia-Pacific Grandmasters for wearing a mask and saying, liberate Hong Kong revolution of our age. Fans and industry pros alike have been vocal about their disapproval of the move, which they see as Blizzard backing down in the face of Chinese economic pressure. Blizzard has since partially reversed its decision, returning Blitzchung's prize money and cutting his suspension down to six months. However, it still intends to forbid players from speaking about politics at its events. Already the protest BlizzCon subreddit is awash with sternly worded condemnations of Blizzard and the Chinese government, as well as creative protest ideas. Moderators Adrian and Thompson are planning to adopt some of are planning to adopt some of those, comma, many centering around the Overwatch character May, I think. Yes. Uh, yeah, who uh, who has uh, become a symbol of resistance in Hong Kong. Thompson said the protests will likely feature shirts, banners, and flyers that have memes, images, and art of Overwatch's May supporting Hong Kong. We have one May cosplayer we are trying to support and get to BlizzCon to protest Blizzard and support Hong Kong outside the Anaheim Convention Center, he said. We are looking into ideas on how to donate or fund her into getting here, into getting here, there, 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 here, here or there, there. Yeah. somewhere. So that's... That's the gist of what's going on at Blizzard, mm. at least. They've they've pissed off everybody uh, by not only seemingly siding with China, but also by taking action against their own player base. Yeah. I, I couldn't believe this when I first heard about it. So their, their argument for why they refused to give the prize money to uh, Blitzchung, as he called? Yes. Um and suspended him uh, was you, you're not allowed to talk politically on you know at our events all mm -hmm. right you're not allowed to express political opinions now that may be so you know maybe that's always been in the rules and you know they're just saying well look you know it's in the rules that's what you're supposed to do i don't think the punishment for having done that should be we're going to take the money off you that you've won fair and square in our competition. Mm. Um, it's just very thinly veiled, I think. Like it's so it's so blatant that they're really trying to make an example of this. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't know if there's like precedent for oh well, someone once made a political statement before and we took their money off them and uh, suspended them for a long time, or if that's just this is the, like the first major case of this happening. If that's if that's so. 
you know, they could have done something a lot more lenient if it was just a case of, look, you're not really supposed to be political on here. But it's it's not that, is it? It's that they do have business partners in China. Yeah. And they were like, well, we're going to come down on this guy like a like a ton of Overwatch empty cartridge cases. <laughs> nice. Yeah. It's money over ethics is what it is, ultimately. It but is. I think... In in a in a similar way that the that the people of Hong Kong are, are protesting for for their rights, I don't think I don't think Blizzard realised that actually their their player base and their supporter base are gonna put up with this. Yeah, you know that we've already seen, and there's a, there's a few bullet points I put here. We've already seen that many players have deleted their accounts and stopped streaming Hearthstone and other Blizzard games mm-hmm. like Overwatch. Um, May, who you mentioned earlier, yeah has purposefully been made a symbol of the Hong Kong resistant in in an effort to get China to ban Blizzard products, yeah. to sort of punish Blizzard. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's backfiring in a major way. And uh, at the one of the mission statements for Blizzard is, was it every voice matters? Yeah. And people who work at Blizzard, there's a, there's a tweet that's gone viral where people who work at Blizzard are, are furious about this as well because mm-hmm. it's not their decision. You know, it's higher ups. And the sign outside their offices has been covered up that bit that says every voice matters. So it just seems like they've totally screwed the pooch on this. Yeah. To be clear, sorry, that's the disgruntled employees sort of ironically covering up saying, oh, look, this is what our company thinks, that other voices don't matter. They stuck a piece of paper over it. It's not that the the lower downs were angry and then the higher up said, right, well, let's cover that side (laughs) up then. No, no, not at all. Sorry, just thought I'd clarify, but yes. People who work there are very angry and have covered the sign up as as a form of protest. Yeah. Um, But as you said... They've all they've served all this has served to do for Blizzard and and, and numerous other companies as well, is is just piss everyone off. Yeah. Not only have they irreparably upset their own audience, mm. but that audience now is boycotting their stuff and actively, in the case of Blizzard, trying to get them in more hot water with their Chinese partners that they are so fond of protecting. Mm-hmm. And it's very clear if you have any kind of conscious uh, conscience or or sort of moral compass yeah that the people of hong kong are, are doing the right thing and are being treated so horrendously yeah. by the chinese government uh, it doesn't take much googling or looking at news sites to to work out that that the chinese response to these peaceful protests mm. is way over the top and completely unacceptable and so any any decent i would have thought any, any, I would have thought, decent person would, would be able to sort of vote with their with their conscience a little bit, yeah, and say, you know, maybe we shouldn't, maybe we should side with our own audience over this. I think Epic actually came out and said no one will ever be suspended or banned mm. for for talking about politics and that kind of stuff. But yeah. they've just they've really fluffed it here. I think some of the protests aren't aren't as peaceful but you know i think that's partly in response to how the peaceful protests have been treated by the police absolutely and i know we wouldn't we said we wouldn't talk about the political side but there is significant evidence that chinese police have infiltrated the protests as protesters to make it seem violent Mm -hmm. which is not surprising at all it's it's mad it's a whole it's a whole mess but uh yeah just the mere notion that you know, I, I'll, I'll go back to the idea that, like, if Blizzard truly, truly just are of the opinion that, look, we, you know, we don't, we just don't want to, like, talk politically on our platform. That's, that's 
an opinion they would be entitled to have. Mm. But I think the way in which they came down on this guy was just so out of proportion. And they were clearly making an example of him. You can't, you can't say you said a Hong Kong thing at our event. You're not having your money. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just insane. So I, I frankly, I'm kind of pleased that they're getting the kind of backlash that they're yes. getting. No, me too. Um, me too. I hope they get in trouble with their Chinese partners because now May is a symbol of the, the Hong Kong resistance. Yes. Yeah. 100%. They've actually offered a very weak apology, mm. which is where they said that they were giving him his money back and stuff. But there's... And only reducing his suspension. Yeah, they're reducing it. They're not, they're not outright sort of letting him back in again. Yeah. And uh, there's conflicting reports about the fact that he may have actually been fined the amount that he was due to win. Right. So I don't know if that's been lifted or if there's any truth to that, but it's just Activision Blizzard has not is not the most popular company in the world anyway. No. And you would have thought the the Blizzard aspect would be the shining beacon. But in the wake of the the BlizzCon last year with the is this an out of season April Fool's joke and mm. stuff. They've slowly, all the big companies seemingly have been slowly losing more and more credibility. Bethesda, EA have always been rock bottom. Yeah. Activision have not been great. And now Blizzard, who obviously are are very, very close to Activision yeah. as the same company. It's just... I feel like they're trying to one-up each other. It seems that way, doesn't it? Who can do the most controversial, unpopular thing? Me. Yeah. No, me, says EA. No, I'll try. I'll do it. Go on, it. go on Reddit. See if even. we can take EA's record yeah. for the most downvoted Reddit post of all time. Well, there we go. I don't think there's much more we can say about that. We, we just sort of wanted to cover the situation and acknowledge it at least. Yeah. Um, we've tried to... We've, we've tried to give a sort of a a decent overview but it's very complicated and it's not something we can really get into so i'd recommend go and going and doing some reading perhaps yeah doing your own research and making your own opinion better informed than we are i think there'll be people out there who can really give you the the ins and outs but uh that's our take Mm -hmm. and that's our understanding of it and as we said we hope the people of hong kong specifically those who may actually be be hearing this who listen to us and watch us we hope you're safe and we hope you're well. Yeah. And please look after yourselves. And we wish you the best and hope this all gets undone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 100%. Peter. Yes. Where can people find us? We are at Team Triple Jump almost everywhere you could possibly look. Yeah. Except uh, uh, on Hearthstone and <laughs> Overwatch. We've been banned. Yeah. YouTube.com, we haven't. We have not been banned from uh, any blizzards. We never joined. No. Uh, YouTube and uh, Twitch. Team Triple Jump is where you can see our content. Mm. Um, we're on Twitter and Facebook at Team Triple Jump. We've got social media man, mm. Luke Eldon, mm. who's looking after our Facebook for us. And uh, likewise, Lord Brotovich and Cecil Prumps look after the chat when we're on YouTube and uh, Twitch doing our streams. Mm-hmm. Thanks, guys. Thank you. We've got a patron. It's patreon.com forward slash Team Triple Jump. You can uh, ask questions on this podcast. You can get into a special Discord room, uh, which is bit.ly forward slash Team Triple Jump. We've got a mod over there. That's Jack Bradshaw. Mm-hmm. He's our Discord mod. Uh, if you want to listen to the audio version of the podcast, it's play.acast.com forward slash s forward slash triple jump. And the website is triplej.mup. We've got a store and things. It certainly is. Yeah. If you would like to follow us on Twitter, you can do it. That Peter Austin at 
confused underscore dude and on instagram at that peter austin and at ben potter 20 we do lists every tuesday and thursday streams every monday tuesday and thursday monday and tuesday being on twitch thursday being on youtube there was no thursday stream this week because we were at egx we were we were busy boys yeah worst games is fortnightly that's Friday for patrons, although this week is a worse games week, and it actually went out on Thursday for yeah. patrons of a certain tier. Same, so Same for next time as well. If you want to get it early, that's how you do it. It'll be out on Sunday for everybody else, so if you're listening to this on Saturday, we hope you enjoy it tomorrow, you freeloader. Yeah. <laughs> Just joking. Just joking. Just joking. No, Just joking. Okay. Only joking. We love you. Podcast is every Saturday. And we do other various content things as well, other bits shows, and bats. bits and bobbles. As There'll be say. a new show out next week as well, mm-hmm. uh, one of our shows. Please leave us a review on iTunes or your platform of choice, something about algorithms, and uh, I think that's about it. Yeah. I think that's all. Hope, hope we saw you at EGX. Hope you had a good time. Yeah. Hope you're excited about stuff that you saw either at the event or on the coverage on the internet if you couldn't be there yes absolutely just time for a quick word from our responses our responses yes because they're the revengers so they're the responses yes the revengers uh what was it disassemble disassemble you've got torby stonk um uh, um blank window rocky ragtag yeah uh, gonorrhea um, uh, uh tax deductible Storblor, Baha Men, the Baha Men, um, uh, Professor Layton, Shaggy and Scooby, Horton Hears a Who, yeah, uh, Mona the Vampire, and definitely uh, uh, Sam Driver. From Sam Cold Driver, Holland. I'm looking at him right now. He's suiting up. He's suiting up. I can see him through the window. Mm. He's got the Brazilian flag in sort of sepia tone on one of his monitors. I wonder what he's working on. Some sort of sepia brazilian project exactly some sort of sepia brazilian flag project yeah something like that anyway thank you so much for listening everybody and uh, we'll be back next week have a wonderful weekend bye goodbye Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you.